Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. WCBS News time is 29 minutes after 2 o'clock. Well, as you have been hearing for the last uh, couple of hours, it was just past 11.30, a minute and 12 seconds into the space shuttle Challenger flight when the spacecraft exploded. It appeared no one could have survived on board, of course, school teacher Krista McAuliffe, the first private citizen to fly in space. And coming up, you'll be hearing from people on the streets of New York who just couldn't believe it. Fred Fishkin will have that story. We'll also have reports regarding this mission from uh, Walt Wheeler and from Ellen Mitchell. Another local story today, Queensboro President Donald Manis is stepping aside temporarily. He signed a document which has designated his deputy as the acting borough president. He has also resigned as the Queen's Democratic Party leader. Wall Street is up about seven and a half points, although, as you might imagine, the aerospace stocks are down. Our weather story, 23 degrees, humidity is 41%, clear, diminishing winds, still very cold, lows in the mid-teens in the cities, zero to ten above in most of the suburbs. Tomorrow, sunshine giving way to increasing cloudiness, chance of a period of light snow late in the day or tomorrow night, highs in the mid-twenties. On Thursday, clearing and cold, highs 25 to 30 degrees, 23 right now at 2.30. I'm Ben Farnsworth. Space Shuttle Challenger exploded into a gigantic fireball 75 seconds after liftoff today, apparently killing all seven crew members, including schoolteacher Krista McAuliffe. Fragments of the $1.2 billion spacecraft, one of four in NASA's shuttle fleet, fell into the Atlantic Ocean 18 miles southeast of the Kennedy Space Center launch pad. There was no announcement of the fate of the crew, but it appears there was no way they could have survived. The explosion occurred as Challenger was 10.35 miles high, speeding toward orbit at almost 1,200 miles an hour. The shocking spectacle was witnessed by family and friends of the astronauts who gathered at Cape Canaveral, and by millions more around the country who viewed the launch on television. President Reagan postponed his State of the Union speech, which had been scheduled for tonight. Mr. Reagan told reporters at the White House, it's a horrible thing all of us have witnessed. He said, I can't rid the self, myself of the thought of the sacrifice of the families who were there at the Cape watching this tragedy also. He said, I can't help but think what they must be going through. The NASA administrator, William Graham, was meeting with congressmen on Capitol Hill about the NASA budget when they saw the disaster on television. Other crew members, Commander Francis Scobie, 46, the 40-year-old pilot, Michael Smith, 36-year-old Judith Resnick, 35-year-old Ronald McNair, Ellison Onizuka, 39, and 41-year-old Gregory Jarvis. It was the first in-flight disaster in 56 U.S. manned space missions. The explosion, a devastating setback for the National Aeronautics and Space Administration after successfully carrying out 24 shuttle missions. John Glenn, the former astronaut and the first American in orbit, said we have become accustomed to success it has been an amazing success story so far. 
On the slow motion video rerun of the explosion, it was difficult to determine the source of the explosion, but unmistakably, when a huge fuel tank with nearly a half a million gallons of a volatile propellant ruptured, it tore the Challenger into many pieces. After the explosion, the two solid fuel booster rockets separated and continued to fly crazily out of control in a clear sky, trailing long tails of smoke before they plummeted into the seas, one of them seen floating down on its parachute. Television pictures of the impact area relayed from a helicopter showed no evidence of any large pieces floating in the water. NASA said the explosion occurred at a point when astronauts were beginning to throttle their engines up to maximum thrust after they throttled them down to 60% level at 35 seconds in order to reduce the forces of gravity during the liftoff. Among those who witnessed the explosion, Mrs. Uh, McAuliffe's attorney husband, uh, Steve and their two children, nine-year-old Scott, six-year-old Caroline. They were in the crowd watching at Cape Canaveral. Also there, members of Scott's third grade class from Concord, New Hampshire, displaying a large Go Krista banner. They watched in stunned silence as the spacecraft blew apart. Several began crying. Parents hugged others and quickly they cleared them off the viewing bleachers, bleachers and herded them to the buses. Also there, Mrs. McAuliffe's parents, Ed and Grace Corrigan of Framingham, Massachusetts. They stood silently during the launch, arm in arm, remained standing together as the loudspeaker brought the bad news and a NASA official climbed a couple of rows into the bleachers, walked to them and said, the vehicle has exploded. A stunned Mrs. Corrigan looked back at him, repeated his words, a vehicle has exploded. He nodded silently and the Corrigans were quickly led away. The spouses of other astronauts were also there. No immediate reaction from any of them. All 1,200 students at McAuliffe's Concord High School were cheering the televised launch when a teacher yelled for them to be silent because something appeared to be wrong. As it became clear there was an explosion, stunned students murmured, it can't be real, we can't be watching this. First Lady Nancy Reagan, watching the launch alone in family quarters, explained, exclaimed, oh my God, no. The House of Representatives interrupted its session, and the chaplain delivered a prayer for the astronauts. The House then adjourned. The gleaming ship had risen spectacularly off the launch pad at 11.38. Here in the city, New Yorkers were also stunned by this tragedy in space, and Fred Fishkin has a report. It's the kind of tragedy that became instantly etched on the faces of people as soon as they learned the news. On 45th Street in Manhattan, groups of people were huddled around the television sets in a Crazy Eddie's store watching in disbelief. I saw it happen. I was casually looking over, and all of a sudden I saw this explosion. It's unbelievable, and what I know, I don't think anybody got out alive. Um, it's really, uh, I never thought it could happen. Rich Blauman of Long Island, who stood shoulder to shoulder with Jose Rodriguez of Staten Island. I feel real bad about it. Really bad. Like I thought of this and this kind of thing would never happen. 25 shuttle missions and, uh, and with this one, so many delays and postponements. And then for it to have ended like this. Many found it hard to put their feelings into words, but then again, they really didn't have to. Fred Fishkin, WCBS News. Morning today on the part of a Long Island teacher who was in the competition to take part in the ill-fated Challenger flight. Nellen Mitchell has that story. Susan Agruza was a physics teacher in East Islip. Beyond that, she was a finalist in the nationwide competition to select a teacher to go into space. Agruzzo says when they all first applied, no one really even considered the dangers of a space mission. No, we were never concerned about that. The safety record of the entire space program is outstanding. And it is just very, very unfortunate that this should happen. Um, I feel very, very sorry for Chris's family. 
and for her children. I, it's so uncomprehensible to me that they were watching this morning and should see such a thing happen. What words would she convey to them? There are none, said Agruzzo tearfully. I'm Ellen Mitchell for WCBS News. Senator Jake Garn, the Utah Republican, the first senator to fly on the shuttle, gathering his thoughts, and uh, so was Congressman Bill Nelson, the last member of Congress to fly aboard the shuttle. We'll hear more from Walt Wheeler coming up in just a little bit. The President's State of the Union speech scheduled for tonight has been canceled. And the President will speak to the nation tonight, but exactly when that speech will take place, we do not know. Walt? Well, some of the reactions, uh, Larry speaks in talking about the decision to postpone the State of the Union and characterizing the emotions of those who'd watched the launch and explosion in a phrase that may go into history, first pride, then horror. The reactions as characterized by Larry Speaks at the White House. NASA communications first word of the explosion, obviously we have a major problem. Senator John Glenn, the first American to fly in orbit, said, I guess we always knew there would be a day like this. A day like what? Well, CBS correspondent Bruce Hall at the Cape tells us that some observers, apparently not NASA personnel, who have viewed slow-motion videotapes of the disaster, said that the explosion aboard the Challenger appeared to begin in an area of the spacecraft assembly where the main liquid oxygen, liquid hydrogen fuel tank is connected to the solid fuel boosters, connected to one or the other of the two of those. Others, however, says Hall, think that the explosion began in one of the solid fuel tanks itself. According to Hall, those observers drew their conclusions from viewing slow-motion videotape. CBS News correspondent Dan Rather adds the idea that the area of the liquid fuel tank described by some of Hall's observers is the area of a seam which exists across the liquid fuel tank. The solid fuel rocket boosters are seamless stainless steel, but there are seams in the liquid fuel tank. Also to note, the solid fuel is relatively stable. In fact, NASA says it's very resistant to explosive combustion. The solid fuel boosters are supposed to be propelled away from the main body of the launch vehicle after they're separated, which should have occurred a few moments after this explosion, by what NASA's documents call small rocket separation motors. And that's after the firing of some explosive bolts, which are triggered by an electrical charge. The solid fuel itself, a mixture of aluminum powder, aluminum perchlorate powder, which provides the oxygen, and a little bit of rust, not uh, accidental rust, deliberately introduced to control the speed of burning. It has roughly the consistency of the rubber in a typewriter eraser. NASA has to use a small rocket motor to set that afire as the launch sequence begins. It is not stuff that is easy to make blow up. It's said to be insensitive to static, friction, or impact. Going back, though, to people who have looked at the slow motions, Senator Glenn said it appeared to him that one of the two solid boosters on either side of the main engine had a blowout at the case at the cockpit or the crew area of the shuttle. Stressing repeatedly, though, that he was only speculating, Glenn said the first point of light from the explosion that he could see in reviewing the slow motion videotapes appeared to be coming out of the solid on the booster. That sequence on the slow motion is somewhat hazy because of the distance uh, some 19 miles away from the cameras so it is very difficult whether it ruptured or not says Glenn he really doesn't know the boosters were developed by Norden Systems that's a firm based in Norwalk Connecticut a subsidiary of United Technologies which has its headquarters in Hartford both of those have been flown repeatedly and without incident and in fact after this explosion they continued to fly or at least catapult through the air, perhaps out of control. One of them was uh, seen deploying the parachute that's normally used to uh, bring it back down so that it can be recovered. 
This disaster, and it is apparently that, although NASA still says that they are not going to make any statement on the fate of the crew until after the all search and after all of the search and rescue efforts are exhausted, uh, is the first in-flight in a U.S. space mission in 56 of them in all. Three astronauts were killed, of course, back in 1967, 19 years and a day ago, in a launch pad explosion during the Apollo program. They were Virgil Gus Grissom, Roger Chafee, and Edward White. 19 years ago yesterday, the 27th of January, 1967. Grissom, Chafee, and White had been rehearsing for a launch of their Apollo spacecraft when a fire broke out in the spacecraft while they were still on the launch pad. All three were asphyxiated in the five minutes that it took rescuers to open the hatch from the outside. That launch pad, by the way, no longer in use. It's dedicated instead to serve as a monument to participants in the space program. Today's launch was the first from the new pad, which is supposed to be able to speed up the launchings of shuttle missions. The president, of course, has said that there will be no further manned space launches until this one is entirely sorted out. Other fatalities in the space era have all involved Soviets. Soviet cosmonaut Vladimir Komanov was killed in the same year as uh, Grissom, Chafee, and White, March 23rd. That was a re-entry crash. And cosmonauts uh, Georgi Dobrovolsky, Vladislav Volkov and Viktor Patsayev died from repressuriz uh, depressurization of their Soyuz 11 capsule when it was re-entering back in 1971. That June accident ended a then record-length space mission that'd been hooked up with their space station for some 23 days before making the re-entry and died at that point during the re-entry. Up until this point, NASA had conducted 24 space shuttle missions in slightly less than five years without anything resembling a serious incident. The first space shuttle flight ended successfully on the 4th of July, 1982. That was an eight-day flight. Going back in space history, the first manned U.S. mission was May 5th, 1961. Alan Shepard and the Mercury spacecraft, which he called Freedom 7, a 15-minute suborbital flight. And then John Glenn's mission, February 20th, 1962. Friendship 7, he flew three orbits in a little under five hours before going on to the other space exploits for which he uh, became famous. Neil Armstrong, the first moon landing, that a uh, successful mission uh, despite some of the difficulties that occurred on that. In uh, 1969, this tragedy, uh, a number of people saying that it set us far, far back in our space mission, clearly that remains to be seen because uh, the NASA investigation is just obviously barely beginning. One of the key points, though, is going to be at what point that explosion appears on the slow motion. NASA has techniques for enhancing that video. There are others who have those techniques that will allow an even closer, closer study of what exactly happened. But as of this point, it appears that all seven of the uh, crew members aboard this Challenger mission are apparently lost. NASA, however, declining to confirm that, saying that they will withhold any announcement on that fact until all search and rescue efforts are out. The President's State of the Union postponed until next Tuesday. He will, however, at some point this evening, address the nation on the subject of this catastrophe about every place in the world as people not only see some of the taped replays of what happened but as word spreads everywhere on wall street uh, some of the aerospace stocks were also hurt morton theocall uh, they stopped trading on the stock it's the stock that makes the propellant that is used in the space shuttle and when it opened it was down about three points some other stocks were down more than a point in the aerospace industry
WCBS News time is 2.44. It's 23 degrees. The humidity is 41%. The wind is out of the west at 15, gusting to 22. And it'll be clear tonight. Diminishing winds still very cold. Stories making headlines at a minute to three. A terrible, terrible tragedy for the American space program shortly after it took off from Cape Canaveral. The shuttle Challenger exploded in flames, fell into the Atlantic. Rescue crews are at the scene. There are believed to be no survivors. The crew of seven included the school teacher, Krista McAuliffe. President Reagan has postponed until next Tuesday evening his State of the Union address. He will address the nation tonight about the shuttle disaster, and WCBS will be broadcasting that speech. The president has directed Vice President Bush to fly to Cape Canaveral to head an investigation of the explosion. Among those who were shocked, the New Hampshire school students who Krista McAuliffe taught. Some were at the Kennedy Space Centers. Others watched from the school in Concord. I'm Ben Farnsworth. CBS News covers the world at 3. CBS News, I'm Dick Reeves. Ships and helicopters are still searching for debris from the shuttle Challenger, which blew up soon after launch at Cape Canaveral. Apparently all seven people on board, including teacher Krista McAuliffe, were killed. As a result of the tragedy, President Reagan has canceled the State of the Union message, which had been scheduled tonight. We have two reports. First, Christopher Glenn at the Cape. The shock has not yet left the sensors of anyone here who saw a shuttle Challenger explode in the air little more than a minute into its flight, and as yet little is known officially. The questions, though, are legion. Are the seven crew members dead? What caused the explosion? Did the numerous delays in the launch or the freezing weather in Florida have anything to do with it? And what happens to future launches? This was to have been NASA's most ambitious shuttle year. Perhaps some will be answered about a half hour from now when NASA officials here at the Cape will hold a news conference. In the meantime, there there has been no word from the rescue teams out in the Atlantic that any debris has been recovered and not the slightest sign that anyone survived. All the flight data has been impounded for study and the plan is to bring as much as possible back to the Cape to try to piece the details of the greatest tragedy in space, space flight history together. I'm Christopher Glenn, CBS News at the Kennedy Space Center in Florida. This is Gary Schuster at the White House. White House spokesman Larry Speaks said President Reagan felt that because of today's tragedy, it was appropriate that he postpone his State of the Union address until next Tuesday. Instead, Mr. Reagan will speak to the American people about the explosion of the Challenger. I think the President, like all Americans, has seen this tragedy unfold on television and has felt keenly uh, what those family members must have felt watching that shuttle go into the air. At, uh, at the Cape, first pride, and then second horror. The president has asked Vice President George Bush to fly to Cape Canaveral Space Center to meet with the families of the astronauts. Mr. Reagan also indicated he wants the space program to continue. Speak said Mr. Reagan feels that the nation could offer no greater tribute to the dedication of the Challenger astronauts than to keep the program going once the cause of today's tragedy is resolved. Gary Schuster, CBS News, the White House. And that's a news conference scheduled a half hour from now. will be broadcast over many of these stations. More after this. In Concord, New Hampshire, where Krista McAuliffe taught, cheered when the shuttle lifted off, then sat in stunned silence as the disaster unfolded on TV screens in front of them. Reporters were ordered out of the school. The students were sent back to their classrooms and later were sent home. Principal Charles Foley said there was not much left for them to do. Pray. I don't know. We'll pull it together. We've done it before. Uh, it's not going to be easy, and that's for sure. Uh, 
we'll we'll talk like we did before, and we'll discuss. And, and we, uh, my my staff, my terrific staff, will come together. Washington, like the rest of the nation in the world, was shocked by the tragedy. Oregon Senator Bob Packwood said, Every so often in the history of the world, great people give their lives to help the rest of us. That's what those in the space shuttle have done. We are all in their debt forever. Now this. Wall Street at this hour, the Dow Jones Industrial Average is up 11.36. Recapping the shuttle story, the search continues in the Atlantic off Cape Canaveral for debris from the shuttle Challenger, which blew up late this morning, soon after launch, apparently killing all seven people on board. President Reagan has canceled his State of the Union message tonight. Instead, we'll speak to the American people about today's tragedy. I'm Dick Reeves, CBS News. And of course, we'll continue to follow that story throughout the day for you here at News Radio 88. We'll also be telling you more about the fate of Donald Manis. Uh, he has decided to step aside, at least temporarily. Students in the classroom. I, I did do a broadcast of the, uh, of the CBS News uh, or, or whatever to, um, uh, to the school. Everyone listen. It certainly had a sombering effect on the entire student body because everybody knows that the two of our kids are down there watching it. Jennifer Knapp and John Bonish, both 11th graders. Um, Subsequent to that, I uh, heard from the superintendent's office that, uh, <clears throat> and from one of the staff members who was with uh, the two uh, the two students from McMahon at Cape Canaveral, and said the kids are obviously devastated, but all right. Dr. Porcelina says the saddened group left Florida immediately for the return trip back to Connecticut. Fran Schneido for WCBS News. Soviet embassy expressed deep condolences and sympathy for the deaths of the seven astronauts killed. They called it an enormous tragic explosion of the space shuttle Challenger. According to spokesman Boris Malakov, two hours after the spaceship exploded, he said on behalf of the embassy, I express deep condolences and sympathy to the American people in connection with this enormous tragic accident involving the shuttle Challenger. Malakoff said the statement was intended for the American people and family members particularly. Also, uh, some of the people, some of reaction from people, Senator Jake Garn, who flew aboard the space shuttle Discovery nine months ago, was moved to tears today at the news of the explosion of the shuttle Challenger. The Utah Republican described the seven astronauts as his friends and said, I don't know any time that I've been so shocked and so moved since my first wife was killed in a car accident. With his discovery, crew insignia pinned to his lapel, Garn said while he was aware of the inherent danger of the shuttle launch, he and the crew of his flight never discussed it. He said, you just always assume that everything would go right. He added, I would go again. Garn referred to Mike Smith, the pilot of the down shuttle, as my mother hen. He watched my first launch and said, all of the others were people I knew, particularly Mike, I learned to love. Garn, who chairs the subcommittee that funds NASA, said today's disaster should not deter the space program, including the civilian in space program, in which Krista McAuliffe, the first teacher in space, was the initial participant. Garn expressed the utmost confidence in NASA and its training program and its ability to determine the cause of the accident before continuing the space program. More now about some of the people who were on this flight. The naval aviator Michael Smith, one of the most experienced pilots in the astronaut corps, logged more than 4,300 hours in 28 types of aircraft. He was the co-pilot of the Challenger flight that ended in flames. It was Smith's first shuttle flight. He was born in Beaufort, North Carolina in 1945, earned a Bachelor of Science degree from the Naval Academy in 67, and a Master's degree in Aeronautical Engineering from the U.S. Naval Postgraduate School in 68. 
He was married and the father of three children. He held the Navy Distinguished Flying Cross, three air medals, and the Vietnamese Cross of Gallantry with Silver Star. He completed jet training in 1969 and was assigned to Advanced Jet Training Command, where he served as an instructor from 69 to 71. In 1974, he worked on the cruise missile guidance system at the Strike Aircraft Text uh, Directorate, and that's in uh, Patuxent River, Maryland. Before joining NASA as an astronaut in 1980, he completed two tours of duty in the Mediterranean Sea aboard the carrier USS Saratoga. Our weather story, 23 degrees, the humidity is 41%, the wind out of the west at 15, gusting to 22 miles an hour. The barometer is 29.72 and rising. Tonight clear, diminishing winds, still very cold, lows in the mid-teens in the city. Zero to ten above in most of the suburbs. Tomorrow, sunshine giving way to increasing cloudiness. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.